I'm Shannon Theobald, and this is Big Food, Big Future, where we teach you how to make a positive impact in the food system to leverage influence for good. Thanks for coming. I am so glad you're here to chat today. you to Giuseppe. Now, Giuseppe is a research scientist, but he also has a philosophy background, which is really interesting once we get into what he's doing. He works in tissue engineering and biomedicine and is currently based in Spain. Now, Giuseppe Chionte is the founder of Nova Meat, which was started last November. So congrats on a year. Super excited for you guys. Novamate is super unique because it uses 3D printing technology to make plant-based meat. So this is entirely vegetarian, entirely made from plants, no animal cells, but it uses the 3D printing technology to get that really precise meaty texture. Giuseppe has so many interesting stories, including bringing a literal ear to a chef. So I'll let him tell you himself. I'm curious, what are your plans for growth? What are your goals? And where do you see Nova Meat in the next five years? Yes, I agree with you. There is a boom now in cell-based and plant-based meat substitutes. It's amazing. In 2019, we will see Nestle with their awesome burger in the States, which will be called Incredible Burger in Europe. You already know, of mm. course, that the Impossible Burger is going very well, as well as the Beyond Meat burgers. Um, what I've seen is that in my case, my advantage is that I can change this food system from the inside, which means yeah. that I can connect and I have connected already with super huge uh, food producers, food ingredients, uh, companies and manuf- machinery companies. And they are very, very interested in applying this, uh, trying to do a pilot plant and have that technology. Uh, there is, for example, the case... Uh, uh, of uh, Unilever that in December 2018 acquired the vegetarian butcher that was doing plant-based meat substitutes in Europe. Um, so uh, providing technology instead of uh, the traditional technology that is based on soy extrusion or wheat gluten extrusion, if uh, my technology is able to create alternatives to that where you can have a biodiversity of ingredients and um, providing these companies so that their infrastructure is working uh, already it's just adapting the infrastructure uh, and the machinery to generate plant-based meat substitutes instead that's amazing for them and all the innovation uh, directors of the companies i contacted they really want to get uh, uh, on board no meats project because uh, they really see that the market share of uh, meat might decline very fast and they still want to be the the key players right so they don't mm-hmm. want to lose any share so they contact me and they would like to try um, with a pilot plant and, do, and then trying to be uh, maybe the first ones in uh, having the license in their country uh, for using my technology um, so this is the case of Novamit but uh, all these startups that allow uh, the food system to change if the change can be from the inside, so using the same infrastructure, this is even more interesting for the food corporates. Definitely. Wow. I'm amazed at how in line uh, just our 
our values and priorities are here. This is awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, my my main priority is trying to have a very big impact on the on the planet. And if you have that priority in mind, then you always uh, think in the long run. So you want to work both with startups, both with the food corporates, and try to see the change coming uh, and the change should come from different directions. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, if we want to see a sustainable future of food, it has to. And if you, and if we want to have a, and if we want to have a quick change, that's the best way to go. True. Definitely. Awesome. So I'm interested in, you know, you're talking about collaborating with these food corporates. Can you tell us a bit about what the corporate food scene is like in the European market? Um, Any special opportunities, differences, similarities uh, from other markets or, you know, challenges? What stands out to you? I can uh, tell you about the general system. I cannot uh, tell you in detail some of uh, the confidential information in my case as Novamis, but I can give you a landscape. Yes. So uh, yes. what we have seen, uh, Europe is a different market than US, so there is different, some of the players that are different. Uh, in some cases, ingredients company are a bit different. Uh, in the States are stronger, some of them in uh, European Union, there are other companies. Uh, for example, also soy um, production in the States is uh, very much. While European Union, we buy soy from uh, the States, uh, especially now that China is a trade war with the States, so they don't buy from the States anymore, but they buy from Brazil instead. So there is an extra production, and Cargill, for example, is very interested in trying to adapt their new um, this new to this new system, right? So trying to change a bit uh, the amount of land that is dedicated to different uh, kind of ingredients. Uh, in Europe, for example, we have seen, uh, I've been in the European Parliament talking twice and I've been to a UN uh, United Nations meeting last week. Right. And what I've seen is that there is a dependency here in uh, soy. Uh, so we had, don't produce ourselves enough and that's uh, why we should find um alternatives so this is an example on the ingredient side um and we have seen i've seen that there is a document such as the soy alert report when we as european we are under fluctuations of the market and uh, because of the trade war and so on so we need to find our internal system and try to change this system and provide uh, the the right ingredients um even from the European Union. Uh, on the machinery side, there is a very good machinery companies, both in uh, the States and also in Europe, especially in Switzerland, there are some. So that is uh, parallel. There, there is some similarities. Um, in change, when uh, it's about the super big uh, manufacturers or food producers, Nestlé is uh, global, right? But the Nestlé base is in Switzerland. So the headquarters is in Switzerland. So for example, in Europe, we have a strong presence of some of these companies. Uh, Unilever, Unilever acquired Vegetarian Butcher in December 2018, which is a Vegetarian Butcher is a Dutch company, if I'm correct. And uh, uh, so there is movements uh, in Europe, Europe where uh, big corporates, uh, the biggest one in the world, are trying to uh, impact or get into the European market in this way. Uh, we have seen Danone is doing changes and this will apply to both the US and the United States and the Europe, for example, changing their name from a dairy to um, a different, you know, as uh, Tyson Foods has changed yeah. from meat to protein, same happened with Danone. Now they have 
um, <clears throat> alternatives to milk, right? Derived products, and they have their plant-based milk, milk alternatives. Uh, so what I've seen is that Europe is a good place uh, to start. We have the technology, we have the players, and we have technological hubs as uh, cities. Uh, there are some of the cities that are very active. Uh, London is very active. Paris is very active. Amsterdam in this specific sector is very active. Barcelona, I have been very lucky that uh, I was already here because it's at a good technological hub uh, where we have 3D printing advances. We have the food, uh, some of the best food in the world, right, here in Spain. I come from Italy. I'm not Spanish. So I have uh, also a background, even uh, even if it's not on the food background, but they have very good connections with the Italian market. So I've seen that uh, there is both interest from corporates that are global and interest from the uh, national corporates that are uh, providing meat or, or meat alternatives. So many of uh, the national um, producers or even national retailers contacted me and tried to get a uh, uh, starting point where we start uh, talking about uh, how my technology uh, with Nova Meat wow. can be can be uh, licensed then. That's amazing. I love I love how much uh, positive reception you've got. And I really identify with that too. You know, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but a big part of what got me into food was spending time in Italy. Um, so just like seeing that kind of food system. And I'm, I'm really hoping to get more involved in the European food system as a whole uh, yeah. in the coming years. There is uh, changes, especially in uh, uh, now that you tell, for example, we have very good uh, food quality. So it's very different. The Southern Europe, uh, compared to the north of Europe. Uh, we use yes. different ingredients. We use uh, olive oil in the south of Europe. We They use, uh, in the north of Europe, uh, butter instead in higher quantities. So the price of uh, the ingredients is very different. I am very lucky and I'm trying to push uh, Barcelona and uh, Italy, as uh, Spain and Italy, as uh, uh, the hub for uh, this uh, movement of uh, alternative proteins in the south of Europe. So being in... Uh, complementary to Amsterdam, for example, in the north of Europe. So there mm -hmm. should be a push also from the south, and they want to be one of the key players. What strikes me most about Giuseppe's commentary is that everything seems much more high stakes because of the history, the emotion associated with food and cuisine that we don't necessarily have in America. You know, a huge criticism of American cuisine, American eating, American nutrition, is that we don't think about what we eat. We don't consciously act on it. You know, in a lot of conversations I've had with people from all around the world who work in food, they comment on how Americans will walk when they're eating or watch TV when they're eating. And in many other countries, eating is an event. You sit down at that table and you enjoy your food. That makes you a lot more conscious of what's on your plate, how it got there, and what you're putting into your body. The EU, in my experience, has a real pride in whole, fresh, straight-from-the-ground ingredients. And that's where Giuseppe's company is coming from. But based on Giuseppe's thoughts, maybe it's actually just quality that matters. Maybe a desire for broader change is even a strong motivating factor in the care for one's food and in the creation of alternative protein companies. 
if we can connect those two thoughts and bring people together on one mission, that's where the gold really is. Of course, Giuseppe's ideas about change and growth made me think of another real superstar who's been in the news a whole lot lately. 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg. Greta has done so much to really show people the way she's making waves in the EU and around the world. And she's really clearing the fog, or should I say smog, around what can sometimes be a difficult conversation about climate change for people with differing experiences, differing values. And that's what Giuseppe wants to contribute to food. Let me play you a clip of Greta speaking to the EU to show you the real fierce passion that both of these guys are all about. I want to pause for a sec to tell you about something cool. Now, when I first started, I had absolutely zero idea how to edit a podcast. But luckily, I found Alitu. That's A-L-I-T-U. It's pretty much the copy-paste of podcasting. You upload your clips, click and drag to arrange them how you want or cut them, and then Alitu edits your audio for you so it sounds amazing. If you want to learn more, go over to my website, shannontheobald.com slash capital A-L-I-T-U. And let me know if you have any questions at all. Seriously, I genuinely recommend this and will continue using it. I love it. And I hope to be listening to your podcast sometime super soon too. Okay, back to the show. When many politicians talk about the school strike for the climate, they talk about almost anything except from the climate crisis. Many people are trying to make the school strikes a question of whether we are promoting truancy or whether we should go back to school or not. They make up all sorts of conspiracies and call us puppets who cannot think for ourselves. They are desperately trying to, ch to remove the focus from the climate crisis and change the subject. They don't want to talk about it because they know they cannot win this fight. Because they know they haven't done their homework, but we have. Once you have done your homework, you realize that we need new politics. We need new economics where everything is based on a rapidly declining and extremely limited remaining carbon budget. But that is not enough. We need a whole new way of thinking. The political system that you have created is all about competition. You cheat when you can because all that matters is to win, to get power. That must come to an end. We must stop competing with each other. We need to cooperate and work together and to share the resources of the planet in a fair way. We need to start living within the planetary boundaries, focus on equity and take a few steps back for the sake of all living species. We need to protect the biosphere, the air, the oceans, the soil, the forests. 
This may sound very naive, but if you have done your homework, then you know that we don't have any other choice. We need to focus every inch of our being on climate change. Because if we fail to do so, then all our achievements and progress have been for nothing. And all that will remain of our political leaders' legacy will be the greatest failure of human history. And they will be remembered as the greatest villains of all time because they have chosen not to listen and not to act. But this does not have to be. There is still time. According to the IPCC report, we are about 11 years away from being in a position where we set off an irreversible chain reaction beyond human control. To avoid that, unprecedented changes in all aspects of society need to have taken place within this coming decade, including a reduction of our CO2 emissions by at least 50% by the year 2030. And please note that those numbers do not include the aspect of equity, which is absolutely necessary to make the Paris Agreement work on a global scale. Nor do they include tipping points or feedback loops, like the extremely powerful methane gas released from the thawing Arctic permafrost. They do, however, include negative emission techniques on a huge planetary scale that is yet to be invented. And that many scientists fear will never be ready in time and will anyway be impossible to deliver at the scale assumed. We have been told that the EU intends to improve its emission reduction target. In the new target, the EU is proposing to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions to 45% below 1990s level by 2030. Some, pe some people say that is good or that is ambitious. But this new target is still not enough to keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius. This target is not sufficient to protect the future for children growing up today. If the EU is to make its fair contribution to staying within the carbon budget for the two degree limit, then it needs a minimum of 80% reduction by 2030. And that includes aviation and shipping. So around twice as ambitious as the current proposal. The actions required are beyond manifestos or any party politics. Once again, they sweep their mess under the carpet for our generation to clean up and solve. Some people say that we are fighting for our future, but that is not true. We are not fighting for our future, we are fighting for everyone's future. And if you think that we should be in school instead, then we suggest that you take our place in the streets, striking from your work. Or better yet, join us so we can speed up the process. 
and I am sorry, but saying everything will be all right while continue doing nothing at all is just not hopeful to us. In fact, it's the opposite of hope. And yet, this is exactly what you keep doing. You can't just sit around waiting for hope to come. Then you're acting like spoiled, irresponsible children. You don't seem to understand that hope is something you have to earn. And if you still say that we are wasting valuable lesson time, then let me rem remind you that our political leaders have wasted decades through denial and inaction. And since our time is running out, we have decided to take action. We have started to clean up your mess, and we will not stop until we are done. Thank you. thank you for that very moving speech and there are many many adults in this room who have been moved and touched by your very passionate appeal notice how she repeats over and over the word we we this is our planet we're the ones making an impact on it Greta is undoubtedly the voice of a generation and that's a huge reason that we have hope for our future, both environmentally and in the food world. Of course, those two are intimately and inseparably connected. Really, we should all be encouraged to think about the next generation as leaders in creating the future because they're the ones that are going to be living in it. And that's why what Giuseppe is doing is so powerful. I really believe that we will have a massive impact on the global food market and that Giuseppe will have an incredible impact on the EU food market because we are involving young people. In fact, Giuseppe himself has spoken at the UN many times too to express that very vision. I hope he and Greta get to meet someday because, I mean, that would be an incredible communion of inspiration and power. But here's his own strategy to harness that same power that Greta and her peers radiate. I'm curious, um, what was it like speaking to the UN and EU? Can you tell me a little more about that? Yes. Yeah, so when uh, you talk there, there is uh, the people who talk there, of course, they are super experts, especially in uh, sociology, right? So they know the big movements. They um, mm -hmm. Sometimes they are not as fast as uh, startups in recognizing the new changes. So we as uh, startups uh, or me, myself as a scientist, we should uh, let them know that there is this change so that they understand, uh, understand earlier that there is a need for changing regulations, for example. So, uh, of course, of course uh, there is the changes in regulation that need to be done um, both in cell-based uh, meat substitutes, of course, and this is happening in the U.S. with the Food and Drug Administration and the USDA that they are agreeing on how to uh, manage that. In Europe, we have the same, where some uh, 
are trying to um, to avoid that in supermarkets you can find the plant-based meat substitutes uh, and that can be labeled as meat. So this is happening as right. well in the States, right? So we have the similar uh, regulation um, uh, controls in Europe and the States. Um, what I've also seen is that uh, it's important as uh, young people um, to uh, try to help the, the younger people. So in Europe, we have a, a strong movement of uh, Friday for Future uh, movements where very young uh, students of uh, high schools are striking on Fridays for the climate. Yeah. So yes. um, we, if, if we have startup and we are in connection with the university, in connection with young people, we should uh, try to um, push this change also from the inside in politics so that's why i always go to the european parliament if i can talk there and i always go to your united nations meeting if i can go so that i can talk directly to the game changers and uh, mm -hmm. let them know that there is a change in the market demand there is a change where very young people are striking and there is solutions so not only uh, let them know that there is a need but there is also solutions and as startups, we are faster normally than food corporates in innovation because we are more adaptable. We are smaller and more agile. So it's very important to, for us to showcase our uh, technology so that uh, they know. Definitely. Yeah. And it gives me so much hope for the future, how young people are really rallying behind protecting our, our earth. Yes. And if, um, if I am lucky someday... Um, I will try to have uh, another project apart from Novamit. I will mm -hmm. try to create a platform where uh, young people can have direct access to these uh, projects that are, for example, startups projects that try to um, change or save the environment in some, uh, some way. And um, so that these young people can uh, educate themselves uh, through... Uh, knowing what are the alternatives that uh, we are studying both in science and in uh, industry and also let them participate. So maybe uh, let young people uh, go and visit you or even try to participate as much as they can. And uh, for, uh, for people that have the, um, the assets, also maybe have the, this platform to select which project to invest in, so which project to finance. Definitely. That would be incredible. Yeah. You know, and even just on a personal level, I would say that my experience working in the food industry as a student just contributed so much to where I am today. So I would love to see a bigger movement. Yes. Like and also because now very young people uh, also in the States, we have seen uh, uh, new stats, statistics that say that uh, anxiety and depression is growing very much. Young people are staying all the time mm -hmm. with social uh, networks and comparing themselves to uh, models that are uh, incredible, right? You don't follow your friends <laughs> anymore in social networks. Yeah. You follow influencers and amazing people. So uh, anxiety and depression is growing. And the way a way to solve that is uh, let people participate in projects that are very ambitious and that uh, can serve to try to change the world or save, protect life on our planet. I always think that uh, life has been on Earth for uh, 3.5 billions of years, and humans, we have been here uh, well, in the first uh, 
uh, the first primates and humans. Uh, we have been here for the last um, um, 200,000 and so on. Uh, so we have made uh, very big changes uh, in <laughs> our planet, but we are, each one of us is uh, very small. Uh, in the history of uh, of life and uh, because we are very small we should not uh, be scared in trying to change things if we do it for good uh, reasons because we are so small that we should try to be remembered for uh, what we have done during our life especially in us our generation we are very lucky we have the opportunity to be the first generation to be remembered to uh, save uh, life on earth definitely we're gonna do it to save life on Earth. That may sound grand, but it's really not. This really is life or death for literally everyone on the planet. The thing is, we need to get an even wider population involved to make this work. We need to empower the next generation. We need to engage with policymakers. We need to engage with our neighbors and our friends and all of this to ensure that there is more opportunity to keep creating change like Greta and Giuseppe are actioning on. That's how this space will become mainstream. Mm-hmm.